You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. I beat Stop Singer! Toss on off the first in time to get seven. Three-run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist Fernando Abad, and the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye baseball. Straight away center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the king, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven scoreless innings. Now here's your host Gary Hill. All right, welcome back, Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. One final time for the 2017 season. This is going to be the last podcast for a while, as I'll try and ease back into a relatively normal person's lifestyle in terms of <laughs> late night hours and sleep and everything. But uh, first, I just want to thank you for listening all season long and being with me all season long and. Uh, certainly appreciate all the interactions, all the conversations, and already looking forward to next year again. But uh, really, it means a ton, uh, your listenership and just being with us throughout the course of the entire season. So thank you. Certainly appreciate it. Also, a lot of people to thank that helped make this happen. Uh, the people behind the scenes for every one of our broadcasts that uh, make the audio, getting the audio possible after every ball game. Uh, whether it's Matt Harden or Matt Nelson, Curtis Rogers, Brian Schoening, appreciate all their work. And, of course, everyone on the broadcast team, appreciate working with them throughout the entire season. Aaron Goldsmith, Rick Riz, Mike Blowers, Shannon Dreyer, Dave Sims, the whole list. And, of course, retiring producer-engineer Kevin Kremen. He will certainly be missed. I appreciate all their work. The other people behind the scenes, Tim and Kelly and Fernando and Ryan, who make us all sound better than we actually are. I appreciate everything they do as well. So, yeah, we're going to wrap things up here. Final podcast of the season. And there's going to be a lot of wrap-up conversation in this one. Rick Riz sits down with Scott Service, kind of talks about the season that was. Andy McKay, great conversation. More about the minor league side of things with Aaron Goldsmith. I think you'll enjoy that. Mel Stottlemyre with Shannon Dreyer, Kyle Seeger with Shannon Dreyer as well. So a lot of conversations along those lines as we wrap up the 2017 season. Let's talk about the weekend a little bit. And let's start with Nelson Cruz, who fell just short of 40 home runs. Here's a swing and a drive deep to left field. Going and going, gone. Goodbye baseball. Way out of here to left field. Nelson Cruz. With his 39th home run of the year, a cruise missile, his 118th RBI of the season, home run number 38 as a designated hitter. He has just broken Edgar Martinez's record for the most home runs by a designated hitter in Mariners history. Like I said earlier, we, we, we come from a long way when we play in Boston. Yeah. I mean, it was really in the hall um, to be able to be in the race at one point, be in front of a wild car, you know. Um, but pitching, you know, that's that's what we heard us early, you know, and um, especially starting pitching, a lot of injuries. That was that was a, a big pain. Um, um, 
a lot of young guys did a great job for us, you know, and uh, even the veterans, the one that we traded, um, they did a lot of job for us. So, like I said earlier, hopefully this is the process for what's coming next year. Nelson, when this team was going good after Boston, after the All-Star break, what was working in, in those moments? Um, pitching, you know, everything's about pitching. Um, when it's pitching, you don't you don't hit much, you know. Um, so when pitching is working, uh, definitely we, we go a long way. Uh, offense only can do so much in many games in a row or something like that. But when it's pitching, definitely the offense doesn't show. So what, uh, what's in store for your offseason? I mean, I know you do a lot of charitable work. But you also start working out. How does that work? When do you, how much rest do you give your body? I don't know. I, I, last year I rest the most because my wrist. I cannot do anything. Um, I was going crazy, but this year I'm healthy. Um, and I don't know. I go one day close to my gym and I jump there and just start. <laughs> just start? <laughs> yeah. So um, I plan to go early to Dominican, try to help um, all, all the guys that lost his house, people that lost his house there. Um, hopefully we can help with some, something bad, so food, whatever we can do to help them out, and we'll go from there. Well, you finished the year first in RBIs for the league. I mean, it's it's going to feel pretty good. Yeah, it feels good. Um, I mean, now it feels good. Uh, I think uh, when we got eliminated, you know, it was, it was tough. Um, but uh, it is what it is. You've got to deal with uh, failure. Um, and baseball, you, you fail a lot, you know. But another fabulous season for Nelson Cruz. I mean, put 40 aside, 39 dingers, 119 RBIs to lead the American League. But really, his... Best offensive year in a Mariners uniform, and that's saying a lot because he put together two great ones before this one. But consider he drew his most base on balls in his career at 70, his on-base percentage at 375, a career high. So much production as well, 28 doubles along the way. That's the most he's had in a Mariners uniform. And again, those 39 homers, 119 RBIs. He cut down his... Strikeouts, too, 140 strikeouts this year, 19 fewer than the year before, and 24 fewer than the year before that in a Mariners uniform. I mean, no matter how you slice it, his best offensive season in a Mariners uniform played 155 games, equaling last year. He has been fabulous for the Mariners, and he had another tremendous season this year in a Mariners uniform. So congratulations to Nelson Cruz, and that's uh, that's not even mentioning all the 110-plus mile-per-hour hits that he put together through the course of the season. Mariners would lose on Sunday, but it was great to see James Paxton, who was outstanding again. The 2-2. Swing and a miss. Make it nine strikeouts over six as he whiffs Nolan Fantana. Paxton having himself a day, final game of the season. Yeah, you know, I felt like I was back to, uh, you know, 100% form, feeling really good. So it was good to get that feeling uh, back before the end of the season. Yeah. Could you have kept going if that, you know, if this is a different circumstance, you been able to keep going? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I felt good, felt strong, but uh, I think I got to where Skip wanted me to get to. Um, you know, it was, it was a good, productive day for me, just kind of going out there feeling good, feeling like I was on top of my game. How important is that going, coming out of the season, to have this one? It was important. You know, last time out against the A's, I felt like I was really close, and today I made that final jump to get back to where I was before the injury. So 
getting this one is was important for me. You know, going going into the off season knowing that I was back to 100. percent When you sit down two or three days ago, I know we've asked you about this a little bit. What, what do you take away from all this? From uh, the season. From the season. You know, it was a it was a tough season for us. Um, you know, obviously dealing with injuries and stuff. I thought we did a, a nice job of hanging in there. Um, you know, it's tough when you uh, lose four of your five starting pitchers for uh, the majority of the season. Um, but we had some guys come in and really uh, worked hard and uh, kept us in a in a fighting position there in September. And uh, you know, unfortunately, we couldn't get it done. But coming in next year, I think that we've got a really good core, and as long as we can stay healthy and on the field, we're going to be competitive. And how about a first, a long ball. Swinging a fly ball into center field, backing up Eric Young Jr. to the one track, and this one is gone. Goodbye baseball. Mike Marjama with a home run to right center field, his first home run in the big leagues. How about that for Mike Marjama? Right center field into the bleachers to the right of the batter's eye. And the Mariners have their first run of the afternoon on his first big league home run. Way to go, kid. Mike Marjama out of here to right center. It's now the Angels 6 and the Mariners 1. So Mariners lose on Sunday. Mariners' season is over. Let's wrap it up, and we'll start with Scott Service. Well, Skip, here it is. Game number 162, the final game of the 2017 season. It's been an interesting year. A lot of ups and downs, a lot of injuries. We've chronicled that. When this game is over and when you go back home and you have a chance to really reflect on what happened this year, what's going to stand out in your mind, Skip, most about the 2017 season? Well, it's been a challenge. There's no doubt. I think you know people that have followed the team very closely throughout the year knew coming into the season expectations were very high, and they should have been. You know, I liked our ball club when we left spring training. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we probably didn't see uh, our ball club all together really at any point throughout the season with the injuries uh, that, that hit with our team. I thought uh, our guys did a really good job of battling and hanging in there and continuing to fight, knowing that we were up against it for quite some time, you know, with, with our starting pitching going down and whatnot. Uh, we just never really were able to put together that real hot streak, you know, where you go out and you win 10 out of 12 and you just kind of take off and run from there. And, you know, that's what, that's what we were missing this year. We were around the 500 mark the whole season um, and, you know, for a number of different reasons. Uh, at times we would get hot and it seemed like it was all going to come together. You're, you're scoring runs offensively. You're getting good pitching. The defense solid. And then other times it looked like, you know, we, we just weren't the team we thought we were going to be. So, you know, Overall, I think we learned a lot about each other this year. Uh, I know I did, our coaching staff did about our team. And, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And, and I think that's how I'm going to look at the season and, and understanding what needs to be addressed going forward uh, to get an opportunity to, to bring playoff baseball to the fans of the Pacific Northwest. That's the, what the goal is here, and that hasn't changed uh, for me since I got the day I got this job. But we need to make some adjustments, and we need to play better. What will those adjustments be at spring training? What do you want to improve on the 2017 season when this ball club comes together? There's always going to be changes at spring training in 2018 to get to the playoffs for the first time in a long time. You know, every team has a chance to reflect and look at where their deficiencies lie. And with us, uh, this year, I didn't think we did as good a job of controlling the strike zone offensively. I thought our strikeouts were up a little bit. We didn't walk as much as we had the previous year, just creating the opportunities. Uh, I think our base running needs to be addressed. There is no question about that. And we've got to find ways to to stress upon our players the value uh, and the importance of not making outs on the bases. It kills rallies. It's crushed us all year. Um, I think on the 
Uh, on the bright side of things, we, we do have a lot to build off here. We, we introduced some some young outfielders into our into our club, and those guys have proven that they're worthy major league players. Uh, I think we found some nice pieces in our bullpen. Uh, continue to move forward. I thought Eddie Diaz had kind of a, a really good year, you know, a full season under his belt now at the big league level, and he stubbed his toe a few times. It happens to closers. But Mike Zanino really took a step forward. Awesome to see and, and how hard it is to find, you know, quality catching, not just behind the plate but at the plate and seeing, you know, his kind of, you know, his talents come to light was, was great for us. I thought, uh, you know, there's a number of things to, to hang your hat on positively, but, you know, we'll address some of the deficiencies in spring training. I've already got my mind working on how we're going to go about that, and, and I've expressed that to the players. They, they know we have to make a few adjustments, and they're ready to do whatever it takes. With so many players coming up because of all those injuries, uh, you had a chance to look at a lot of kids coming up from the minor leagues, other guys coming over from different organizations. Who were some of your biggest surprises this season? I thought, you know, Emilio Pagan, really, as we had the shuttle going back between Tacoma and Seattle with our bullpen pieces, I thought uh, he really stood out. He took an opportunity and, and he grabbed it and ran with it. Unfortunately, because where we were at, we had to send him back and forth a few times just to keep the fresh arms around. But I thought he took advantage of an opportunity, uh, you know, where he was at. I thought some of the acquisitions, I thought the Mike Leak pickup, Erasmo Ramirez pickup uh, later in the year, really going to help us moving forward. Uh, along with that, Marco Gonzalez. And I know, you know, fans really haven't seen, I think, everything that Marco Gonzalez can bring to us, but he's going to be a part of this ball club, you know, going forward. And, you know, having that, that full year under his belt now after coming back from Tommy John will really help him going into next season. Uh, you know, Andrew Moore came up and showed some bright spots for us as a guy who can, can be, you know, fit in our rotation going forward. So, you know, there was some positives, and that's what happens. You know, you give kids opportunity, young players a chance, and they're going to prove you right once in a while. Tell you what, where I sat, uh, Skip, and uh, so many people with this organization know it, incredible job by you and your coaching staff to stay in this race as long as you did with 17 different players on the disabled list, using the DL 22 times, over 60 players on your roster, 40 pitchers, a major league record. You did an incredible job, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, ultimately, the goal is to, to get into the playoffs, get into the dance, and have a chance to win it. And that's not going to change for me. But, you know, you, you have to learn, and I think we all learned a lot. Uh, you learn through adversity, um, you know, and, and you got to, you know, keep moving forward there. So we are going to continue to take steps forward here, uh, understanding we didn't reach the ultimate goal. And, and that is, like I said, to bring playoff baseball to the fans of the Pacific Northwest. They deserve it. Uh, it is a great baseball community. They come out and support us. But we've got to earn it. You know, and, and that's kind of where we're at right now. But, you know, we've done a lot of pregame shows, Riz, you and I, this year. We've almost hit the 200 mark here between spring training and the, and, and the regular season. And I appreciate, you know, how thorough you are putting a game plan together for me every day and, and throwing me the layup questions once in a while because uh, it is – it's a lot, a lot of talking, but I enjoy it. I love our ball club, our players, our coaching staff, and what the organization stands for and how we're moving forward. Tell you what, it's been fun, enjoyable, and I can't wait for spring training 2018. Skip, thanks a lot for the visit. No problem, Riz. I appreciate your support. Shannon with Mel Stottlemyre Jr. In Anaheim, catching up with Mel Stottlemyre Jr. And Mel, we have appreciated all of the talks and all of the updates and all of the insight this year. And I know it's been tough with the number of pitchers that you've had and, and the adversity that you've had. So let's focus on a positive. When, when you look at this year, what are you proud of? Who are you proud of? And, and kind of steps that they've taken. Well, uh, there's been a lot of things that have gone wrong. And obviously, you know, the health uh, comes to the forefront. You know, there's been a lot of guys that have really gotten better. And, and some of that has gone unnoticed. You know, not always by their numbers or their records. But uh, 
you know, James Paxton has really uh, become a guy and took his his really, really special weapons and has learned how to pitch and now the the task of trying to keep him on the field and healthy so he can make his 34 starts uh, is in front of us and something that we're, we're hoping to uh, to overcome. You know, Eddie Diaz with 30-something saves, uh, and I know he's he spit the bit a few times and has coughed some some leads up, but uh, he still learned how to pitch, and he's still the young kid and has special stuff, and he's going to have a bright career ahead of himself. And, you know, he's learning how to manage himself and in the game and in those hot situations, and uh, the only way to do that is is to fail. And, uh, you know, he's able to to take a look at those games and realize what what went on and uh, more importantly how how to overcome those things and try to to minimize those mistakes so you know there's been a lot of good things and I'm going to take some time and spend with each one of the guys and give them something to to work on in the off season uh, that they need to get better at And, and certainly there is there's something for everybody what's the most important thing that Felix needs to do this off season you know, we've we've got to get to a point to where he can get past the mechanical things, flaws, whatever he calls, uh, to where we bounce all over the place with that, where he can get consistent with that. Something we've talked about. And then the other part of it is to have an understanding and trust in the fact that, you know, he's a little older. He doesn't have the wipeout stuff and the wipeout pitches that he used to have that he's got to pitch to contact a little more and then he's got to throw them all for strikes and he's got to pitch a lot like Mike Leak does and he you know as I've always said he can still be great but he's going to have to do it different his strikeouts are going to go down you know the the, the contact is going to go up uh, and with that in return you know his approach and his mindset has to change can you like give him a tape of Maddox and say, "Watch this and sleep with it under your pillow and stuff like you, that"? You know, he, that, that's a that's a perfect one. And, and you know, the other guy is 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 Pedro Martinez. You know, you, he used to wipe guys out with that nasty stuff, and then towards the tail end of his career, he become more of a pitch maker and a little more understanding that his weapons have gone down a little bit, and he's got to get his stuff in the zone and, and uh, in good spots. You know, and Mike Leak should be another example for Felix too. Those guys, although their weapons are, are a little different, they're a lot of same. You know, they need to live in good spots. They need to throw all their stuff in, uh, on the plate. Uh, they need to pitch down. They need to pitch up. They need to get the ball on the ground early, early contact. You look ahead to the bullpen, you know, Diaz is coming back. Vincent should help help with uh, Phelps. Shea Simmons has made a very nice showing. Dan Altavilla took steps forward. If everybody's healthy, it looks like you've you're stacking up nicely. It is, and uh, you know, I think another guy that you didn't that you didn't mention that really uh, has caught my eye is Garton. And uh, you know, a guy we got from Tampa that doesn't have a lot of history in the big leagues that really comes over with some very fascinating stuff. He's got a really, really good breaking ball. That's a swing and miss pitch. He can cut it. He can live at the top of the zone. He can do some different things. And you know, like you mentioned, Danny Altavilla's had a nice month. Somebody that's been a little bit overlooked and. He's been a little bit of a thrower for us as a young kid with, uh, you know, some nice weapons, but is still learning how to harness those weapons and and make pitches. Uh, I, I talk to those guys with with really electric stuff, and 
try to get through to them that you can't outstuff this league. You just cannot. You have to make pitches. You have to get in good counts. And he's pitching a little more off a slider, and he's done some good things. Uh, love the stuff of, of Shea Simmons. And, uh, you know, so those guys have, have gotten a nice opportunity, and we've ran them out there, uh, and they've stepped up and done a really nice job. So it does give Jerry DePoe and the rest of the organization uh, some viable options. I'll tell you, lots of options and lots of answers after 87 pitchers used this year, Mel. Thank you. Boy, it's been long but uh, and challenging, and uh, I look forward to, to the next, next task. Here's Aaron Goldsmith with Andy McKay. Nick Niner, the winner of the 2017 Jamie Moyer Minor League Pitcher of the Year Award. This is a guy, as you know well as anyone, Andy, has a lot of buzz around him in the Mariners minor league system. What was it that impressed you guys enough to give him that award after this season? You know, well, one, he was probably, you know, neck and neck last year, uh, you know, to get the award. And um, he obviously lost out to a, a very worthy uh, Andrew Moore, I believe it was, who won the award last year. But you know, for him to do what he did in the Cal League at his age um, is, is borderline unprecedented, certainly in our organization, for the way he dominated that league and certainly at the age that he did it at. Um, Are you referring simply to the offensive environment that is that league? Oh, yes. I mean, it's, it's a very difficult place to pitch. And, um, you know, I could, I could roll off a litany of, of very successful major leaguers who did not do in the Cal League what he was able to do at his age. Um, very impressive, you know. Um, for a kid who could be a junior in college uh, to be doing that. And so uh, it, it finally got to a point where just you, you had to move him. He was so good, you know, at what he was doing. I happened to probably see three of his best starts in that league, you know, where he was, you know, taking no hitters in the fifth and sixth inning and just, uh, you know, complete domination of his, of his opponent. So um, between that and then getting up to double A, and um, it was a pretty – it was a pretty easy choice overall uh, for our group this year, and very happy for him because he's he's a wonderful kid uh, who has real leadership abilities about him, and uh, for him to be the way he is in the clubhouse and then to perform the way he does on the field, it, um, I'm very happy to give him that award. Ian Miller this year wins the Ken Griffey Jr. Minor League Hitter of the Year, a young man out of Staten Island, New York. What impressed you the most from the 25-year-old Ian Miller? Ian's another one of our kids who we just we think the world of in terms of the person first, um, you know. But this was a year like last year. He you know he dedicated himself. Uh, you know he was down in Peoria a lot, working with uh, our strength coaches and working with Brant Brown, our hitting coordinator. And you know this is another thing that I think a lot of people don't quite get that the 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 minor league system is yeah you do have you you literally have millionaires, uh, but you have kids who also sign for very little money. And, you know, you have guys that have to work in the offseason. You have, you have this whole spread of, of reality for different players. And for him to make the sacrifices he made to really uh, make himself a better player last offseason, uh, he sacrificed a lot, uh, and especially financially, to do that. And that was great, and, and it played out for him. And he went and uh, really played well in A this year, uh, ended up winning the Texas League batting title. And, uh, we did promote him to AAA, but he had enough at-bats to qu- still qualify for that Texas League batting title. And uh, he's probably the fastest runner in our system, uh, can really steal bases. And, you know, to add the offensive uh, impact with his bat uh, this year was great. And he went up to, to AAA, and he fit right in and uh, had a huge impact, had a pretty good hitting streak when he got there. And, um, again, just very happy for him. Now, Andy, the minor league season is over with, which means now you've got nothing to do, right? Is that fair to say? 
That would not be fair to say. So we're still trying to figure out the, the rhythm and cycle of this job. And we were just talking about this the other night where this year was um, – I went to spring training this year, and I was, I was toast when, really? I, when I got there. At um, the start – before the at, season even began. Before spring training started. Just January and February were very difficult months for me with things that were going on. And um, it hasn't really slowed. It's, it's a different stress. You know, you're not watching the scoreboard all night, and you're not chasing things, and you're certainly not having to worry about, you know, did this player get on his flight from uh, Nashville, and is he going to be in saddle in time for the game? You know, those things are very stressful. But, um, you know, it, it, it's a hard job. It's a demanding job. And, you know, so now you're in full swing with off-season planning and um, how your kids are going to spend the off-season. And, you know, you're, you're, you're worried about what the hurricane is doing to your facility in the Dominican Republic. And, uh, tracking things like that and um, you know it's like you snap a finger and we're, we're looking at, at spring training already so uh, it, it doesn't really slow down. I'm curious Andy in now your two years as the Mariners farm director has there been a player who has come up to Seattle and played for the Mariners that has particularly stood out to you that has really made you proud more than of course all of them they're all like your kids but is there one in particular that really stands out for you? You're really setting me up for that one here. They're, they're, they're all unique and different in so many ways. And, you know, you, you hope – you, you get excited for the guys who, who really play their way here, earn their way here. Some guys get here because of timing and an injury. Sure. And that's great. I mean, you, you, you play a day in the major leagues, there's something really special about that. Um, but I think one I – guess, I guess the one I would highlight right now would be Mike Marjama. Uh, Mike uh, played for me in college. Um, and uh, you know, kind of a, a, a it, it's a really special story where um, he didn't make my team as a freshman at his junior college. And again, I can already hear the, the, the <laughs> there's, a, there's another version of the story, which is maybe, <laughs> maybe he should have. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I was joking with him today. I'll still stand by. He wasn't ready. Um, so for, to, to see a kid that you, uh, you recruited out of high school uh, to go to a junior college, that came to your college and uh, was not able to make your team. And then, you know, it was a high school shortstop and you convert him to a catcher. And then you kind of, you know, wake up four or five years later and uh, we're trading for him. And that, that was a pretty neat experience. And uh, just because he's, the, he's really the one player that I had history with before. Andy, your insights are priceless. We're so appreciative of your time. Thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. Anytime. And Shannon Dreyer with Kyle Seeger. Shannon Dreyer here for the last insider report of the season in the dugout in Anaheim. Another beautiful California morning, as we've come to expect here. Catching up with Kyle Seeger. And, Kyle, I'm going to let you kind of talk for everybody um, this year. I, I know that there have been frustrations about the way the season went, but there were also times when you looked at this team and it was man down and man step up, and you guys are right there for a long time. You have to dig deep to get there, I would imagine. Yeah, you know, I think that, um, you know, I think it says a lot about the, the resiliency of this team. You know, we, we had our first share of injuries, but, you know, nobody was going to, you know, nobody's going to feel sorry for us. Nobody's going to take it easy on us out there. And, and, you know, that's not what we would want anyway. So, you know, I thought that, um, you know, guys came in, a lot of guys got put in positions that they, you know, maybe weren't supposed to be in, at least at this point. And, you know, a lot of guys really stepped up and, and you know, on the pitching side, threw the ball really well for us. So, you know, we had a lot of guys come up here and, and uh, you know, compete, and that's all you can ask. But what do you take from this year? 
You know, it was a uh, it, it was a tough year. It was a frustrating year for us. You know, we, we had a lot of expectations we put on ourselves, and you know we didn't uh, you know we didn't live up to that, which is which is frustrating, and you know it's certainly you know not what we had in mind. So, you know, in that sense, it was tough. But you know, I think you learned a lot about a lot about the guys in this team. You know, we had a lot of guys that you know you had a lot of young guys that were put in you know prominent roles, and you know you see how they um, how they compete and how they you know, got better and how they learned from it. So, you know, you think about moving forward, you know, you got a lot of young guys that experienced a lot this year, and, you know, next year it won't be, you know, as uh, as dramatic for them or anything like that. So you were there at one time. You got three outfielders, four outfielders that are rookies out there, and now they've got that full year under their belt. How much do they talk to you about, okay, off season's coming up, this is what we're doing, what do you think of this? That kind of talk? Well, yeah, we've certainly had talks. We've had talks about, you know, how their season went, you know, how it goes on, and you know, we, you know, just kind of moving forward what, you know, what I thought, what they thought. And, you know, they, we also have a very good training staff that's taken care of there. And we've had really good coaches that have, you know, helped out as well. So it's, it's been a, uh, it's been a, it's been a very, very productive season for those, you know, three in particular. We saw some midseason uh, additions as well. And the pitching, it, it, it's so different now. It's, it's like if you can get a quality start, if you can get those six innings from a pitcher, that means so much. And Rasmo Ramirez comes up, and all of a sudden he's showing that. Mike Leake comes over. We don't know much about him from the National League. He's doing that as well. You know that those are additions next year. That's got to make you feel good. Those are huge additions. You know, we had we had quite a few guys come in. We've had a lot of, you know, new faces in the rotation that, you know, you maybe didn't plan on straight out of spring. So, I mean, there's been, uh, you know, there's been a lot of guys. You know, Rasmo we had here before, and, you know, you saw when he came back here that he was, you know, he was a different guy. You know, you could tell the maturity level in him. And then, you know, <clears throat> Leake, you know, having – you know, hadn't seen him too, too much. So, you know, we didn't know too, too much about him. And, and he's been absolutely phenomenal. He's been tremendous. And, you know, just getting to play behind him every day, you know, it's been it's uh, it's very exciting moving forward. One of the relationships I've loved watching, and this was even before the video came out, but you and Chooch every day over at third yeah. base and, and teaching him to play the position. How, how did that develop? Chooch is phenomenal. He he is absolutely one of the the best people we've you know we've had in here. You know not not just baseball wise, not just like you know leadership wise, but just a phenomenal person and you know somebody that kind of everybody gravitates towards. And you know that that's kind of rare. You know you don't see there's not too many position players or pitchers that everybody gravitates towards. And he and he's one of those guys. And you know I remember my brother told me that. And, uh, you know, when he got traded over to the Dodgers that, you know, I was going to love him and, you know, all this other stuff. And he was only there for, you know, a couple months. So, he, uh, you know, he, he's been phenomenal. And, you know, he goes out there to third. And, you know, the guy the guy works unbelievably hard. I mean, you think about, you know, your, your backup catcher is taking ground balls at third every day. He takes ground balls at short every day. He goes to second base every day. Then he goes and shags in the outfit. And he does this every single day. It's it's incredible. And he got, a, he got really good over there. That was <laughs> Like it was, it was kind of a, like a bit of a joke in the beginning, and you know it's kind of nice having an extra person over there to take ground balls with, so you don't get worn down as much. But he got really good, and he like he wanted to learn, and he was asking questions. And I mean, you look at him right now, and I mean, you know, he he could he could absolutely play there. All right, as I said, that was one of my favorite things to watch this year. Lastly, what what do you want for you in the off season, and what do you want coming into spring training? Um, you know, you're continually trying to get better. You know, you're continually trying to improve on things. You know, I think, uh, you know, defensively, I thought there was improvements this year. Offensively, I think, I, you know, I need to do better. So, you know, I think I need to, you know, continue to try to find a, uh, 
a consistent, you know, cleaner move for me in the plate where, you know, everything can kind of line up and, and click for, you know, a full season, not just little runs. So, you know, I think, um, you know, continue to do the same workouts we've been doing in the years past, continue to try to, you know, get as strong and, you know, flexible as possible. So, you know, I think, um, you know, I think just next year, just, you know, just to do better. We saw good steps taken all around the diamond this year. Kyle, thank you. Thank you very much. It breaks your heart. It's designed to break your heart. The game begins in the spring when everything else begins again, and it blossoms in the summer, filling the afternoons and evenings, and then as soon as the chill rains come, it stops and leaves you to face the fall alone. You count on it, rely on it to buffer the passage of time, to keep the memory of sunshine and high skies alive. And then just when the days are all twilight, when you need it most, it stops. Today, October the 2nd, a Sunday of rain and broken branches and leaf-clogged drains and slick streets, it stopped. And summer was gone. Somehow, the summer seemed to slip by faster this time. Maybe it wasn't this summer, but all the summers that... In this, my 40th summer slipped by so fast. There comes a time when every summer will have something of autumn about it. Whatever the reason, it seemed to me that I was investing more and more in baseball, making the game do more of the work that keeps time fat and slow and lazy. I was counting on the game's deep patterns, three strikes, three outs, three times three innings, and its deepest impulse to go out and back to leave and to return home, to set the order of the day and to organize the daylight. I wrote a few things this last summer, this summer that did not last, nothing grand, but some things and yet that work was just camouflage. The real activity was done with the radio, not the all-seeing, all-falsifying television, and was the playing of the game in the only place it will last, the enclosed green field of the mind, there in that warm, bright place, what the old poet called mutability does not so quickly come. See you later!